So one of the one of the main reasons that we wanted to chat today, it all it's kind of a I'll explain. It started because a couple weeks ago, <laughs> I was reminded of a story that I had first heard about, probably middle school, maybe in high school, okay. where it was this video I think from like the 1970s of this whale that had washed up on a beach and it was dead, and the yeah. town was like, well, what do we do with it? Let's <laughs> blow it up. And, yeah. you know, they put a whole bunch of TNT around it, which was, of course, a horrible idea. And it, if like, anybody has not seen this video, Google it. It's crazy. Uh-huh. And yeah. And then I heard recently, it was like uh, maybe a month ago, I was listening to the radio and I heard that they had turned that area into a park and we're calling it like Exploding Whale Memorial Park. Yeah, I saw park. this on Twitter today. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, that is crazy. And then it got me and my co-host talking. And we're like, okay, well other than like washing up on a beach, like what normally happens when a whale dies? I mean, that's such a large organism. Where does it, where does it go? Where does it end up? Yeah. So, I mean, the majority of whales, not just whales, whales, big fish, uh, turtles, like manta rays, you know, most of ocean, most ocean animals, but we can stick with marine mammals, I guess. When they die, they don't actually beach or wash ashore. Um, that's just a very, very tiny percentage. Mm-hmm. Most of them actually will sink those thousands of feet down into the deep sea and hit the deep sea floor. And once they're there, then they you know, of course, with life, it always finds a way. Um, it becomes this feeding bonanza down in the deep ocean. Should I just launch into well, my whale full spiel? <laughs> well, so, um, I, yeah, I had ended up, I ended up, I remembered seeing, because I, I, I'm obsessed with like Nautilus Live. And oh I my, remember. Oh my, who is not? I mean, Nautilus <laughs> Live, Okeanos, the Falcor, those are the three main boats that yeah. stream. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a science teacher when it's not summer. And, you know, sometimes when we're working on stuff, I just turn on Nautilus Live and, and let students watch it and stuff because it's just so yeah. interesting. And I remember seeing one of a, a whale skeleton. Yeah. And it was just shocking to see what became of it. And and I yeah, I guess if you can kind of walk through, I mean, what what happens? Because it's it's insane. So the 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 like background to all this is that the deep sea is in most places really food limited mm-hmm. um, because. Um, most life on the planet is centered around the sun and photosynthesis by plants. And of course, in the deep sea, there's no light. So it means there aren't any plants. Um, So most of the life in the deep ocean will actually rely on that, you know, life in the sea surface, whether it is phytoplankton, zooplankton, um, bits of poop from animals, Mm -hmm. shells, other larger animals. Basically, all of those or most of those will drift down into the depths at some point. And that's where most of the food will come from for animals in the deep sea. Hmm. Um, But so that means that, you know, there really isn't very much food to go around 
unfortunately. Sure. So when so when something like a whale carcass, which is of, as you just said, a massive hunk of flesh and carbon, mm-hmm. when that gets down into the deep sea, animals really do try to make the most of this, like essentially a feast. And so once it once it hits the seafloor. Um, animals from near and far will be able to sense that it's arrived either from vibrations like sound, um, mm. well, vibration slash sound, um, or via smell. Um, they'll be able to pick up that whale odor, whale oils <laughs> in the currents, and they'll come and basically start devouring the carcass. And so the, the whale fall through its lifetime on the sea floor, which can be we think hundreds of years. Oh wow! Um, through that lifetime, it will go through four stages usually, if it's if it's left exposed. Stage one, the mobile scavenger stage. And so the first one is called the mobile scavenger stage, and that's when the whale has just arrived at the seafloor, the carcass, and all of these animals will come, like big fish, um, hagfish lobsters, uh, crabs, sharks, those types of big scavengers will come and tear away bits of the flesh. And it obviously depends on the size of the whale, state of the whale, but that stage can usually last for like months in some cases. Stage two, enrichment opportunist phase. And once all the flesh is removed or most of it, Um, We then move into the second phase, which is called the enrichment opportunist phase. And during this phase, because most of the flesh is gone and there's been all of this feeding activity, it means that there's a lot more, there's a lot of sloppy feeding. So animals, Mm -hmm. as they're eating, tiny bits of flesh will be left on the seafloor. There'll also be lots of animals pooping. There'll be some predation going on. So maybe some bits of other animal carcasses that have been left. But a lot of that matter is much smaller in size. And so it means that a completely different set of animals will now move in to the carcass to be able to make the most of that smaller bits of mm-hmm. bits of bits of matter, basically organic matter. And they'll eat that. So it'll be, you know, things like um, different small crustaceans like amphipods and isopods. Uh, tiny worms that live in the sediment. Um, It'll just be a much, quite a diverse fraction of animals, but much smaller in size usually. Sure. And because the bones become exposed, you often at this point might get the moving in of Ostodax, the bone-eating worm, um, which will usually stay until the third phase. So uh, I'll just talk a little bit about Ostodax, but Ostodax is amazing. It's this um, deep sea worm, not just deep sea, but worm that mostly lives in the deep ocean and was only discovered in or described in 2004. Wow. And it's known to only live on the bones of dead animals in the <laughs> ocean. Um, and not necessarily, they've never been, I don't think they've ever been found on fish bones. So only hmm. like mammal bones, essentially. Weird. Um, or reptile bones. Um, but yeah, and they're absolutely beautiful. And what they do is they have this root structure that just like a plant, they have a root, a trunk, and sort of these red, bright red branches. 
Hmm. Um, and they burrow down with their roots into the bone and from that are able to suck out the nutrients of the bone using acids to dissolve away the bone. Um, so they then usually come in and you end up with sometimes with bones that are sort of coated in this red fur and that's all the worms making the most of that skeleton. Oh, wow. Stage three, the sulfur loving stage. Yeah. And then, so then we move into the third stage and the Ossidac stick around for a lot of this. Um, but this is a sulfophilic stage or sulfur loving stage. Mm -hmm. And what happens is there are a lot of fats in the whale bones, especially in bigger whales. And those, um, begin to be broken down and sometimes that process takes place without oxygen being around and it results in the formation of sulfides and methane mm -hmm. and as like a byproduct and as you just heard about the hydrothermal vents where animals use those chemicals via chemosynthesis to make their food the same thing happens at the whale carcass so you'll have animals that are able to thrive off of that hydrogen sulfide and there's methane um that methane and use that to create their own food and they'll do that via really special bacteria that live within them mm -hmm. or in some cases you get the bacteria being free living and they form these amazing mats like if you google some pictures of whale holes there are some really beautiful ones that show these bright orange and white like thick mats like they look like carpets basically all over the sediment and sometimes on the bones and that's like grass and lots of animals will then come and eat that and it forms the sort of basis of the food chain and oh, so again wow. in this third stage it's like this completely again different set of animals that are able to move in and make the most of this whale carcass and so then once that's all over and by this point you can often have reached like decades or a century in some cases of this whale carcass being there providing food for animals, providing, um, you know, places to shelter for animals. And sometimes in the fourth stage of the whale fall, which is called the reef stage, mm -hmm. they also provide like something to attach to, a structure to attach to. And so just like you imagine like a coral reef, it's this rugose like structure. Um, it's the same with the whale fall. And a lot of animals in deep sea like to get up into the currents. So the currents are usually slowest right sure. next to the seafloor because of all that friction. So if you're able to get a couple inches or even feet off the seafloor, then you're able to get into quicker currents and be able to filter food that's passing by out of the seawater. And so animals use the whale bones as that structure. So you'll find things like anemones, corals, sponges, and so on, attaching to those whale bones and using the bones like a reef, essentially. And so all in all, you know, we think of whales as these, like one whale is something that's quite insignificant, but actually has the ability to power um, this entire sort of ecosystem in the deep sea for yeah. decades. And that always astounds me. Yeah, there's something amazing about that, about you know, whales in general being such long-lived species. And then it's like even even once they're gone. Exactly. You know, they're they're able to just perpetuate so much so much life, support so much life exactly. for so long. And that's that's I think the most amazing part. I mean, I 
I wouldn't have thought, you know, potentially a hundred years, if not more, <laughs> like that's just crazy. And so something that was really interesting that emerged um, a couple of years ago was that you know, scientists reckon because there are certain deep sea animals that we know only live on whale coxes um, or especially live on whale coxes like the bone-eating worm, Ossidax, mm -hmm. uh, there are sort of um, hypotheses that during whaling, when of course whale, um, whales were harvested by the hundreds of thousands yeah. and their populations decimated and that of course then meant that less whales were dying as naturally and reaching the sea floor mm. and because of that it meant that the space between whale skeletons like we were talking about at the beginning of this conversation how do animals get between yeah. these isolated habitats it then meant that that space increased and mm -hmm. so actually we think that perhaps there may have been species that went actually extinct because they weren't able to, for their larvae to get from one to the other to perpetuate this species. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I mean, that, that makes, that makes a sort of sense. I mean, I'm, I'm still sitting here trying to think of, you know, if you have these things that are only living by, you know, like being on or in the skeleton, like where, okay. So where did they come from in the first place <laughs> to get there? That's just, I, I don't know. <laughs> That's fascinating. Yeah. Oh gosh. I, I, um, as you were talking, I, I did pull up a few pictures to try to look at some of the things that you were talking about and, um, like these bacterial mats. I mean, you're right. It looks like, it looks like, you know, 1970s shag carpet <laughs> <laughs> just coating a skeleton. Like it's, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. Wow. So I think there's actually a, there's another type of worm that's found it on whale holes called Victoniella flucati, mm -hmm. and it's named that because it looks exactly like a shag carpet, and there's <laughs> a special type of shag carpet called something like something related to flucati, and yeah, they, they attach to the bones and sort of hang down, and yeah, it looks like something you just sort of like, you know, run your hands through and like nestle against, except that it would be <laughs> cold and writhing and but, you know. <laughs> kind of unsettling feeling more than comforting yeah. <laughs> uh. well, I have a scenario where we're having to like nestle again <laughs> well, this conversation's going really downhill <laughs> <laughs>